the feeling. Yes. Hallelujah. But we're just honored that uh, she came over to see us tonight. We're honored y'all are here. But I'll tell you something. I mean that. The more you jump in, the hotter it gets. Hallelujah. The hotter the temperature. I'm telling you, kidney problems will be healed. Heart problems will be healed. Heart clogged arteries will be healed. Oh, see, that's how the Lord works with us. I don't know how he works with other people, but that's how he works with us. We like to stir the waters and then everybody just jump in and get what you want. <laughs> oh, we have a, what is that? A get, get, get what you want from God meeting. I mean, we had a cripple man stand up in our meeting. And I didn't even know he was there. I didn't even get to see it because I said, come and get it. And this crowd was so big. He just stood up straight. <laughs> oh, so this is a come and get it. the anointing destroys the yoke and so when you sit you know you can have the word you confess it yourself and believe for it and say the word of God no matter where you are no matter what you feel but there's also times when you come together and there's corporate anointings and it just happens the gifts of the spirit just move and just operate and it happens so I say get it any way you can <laughs> just as long as you're free who cares how Hallelujah. this is Ephesians this is actually Renner's paraphrase. You know, oh, he, yeah. he sent me, Rick, you know, Rick has been here, Rick Renner. He sent us uh, some of his notes. He's working on uh, the New Testament uh, expanded Renner version. But this is some of, out of Ephesians. I love, I'm telling you, if you want your, if you want things to really turn in your life, go through the first three chapters of Ephesians. Oh, yeah. I mean, just make it your daily meal. I mean, get something out of it every day. There's so much in there. I, I just encourage you, just the first three chapters of Ephesians and those two prayers, Ephesians 1, 17 through 23 and Ephesians 3, I think it's around verse 10. It wouldn't take long. Take those two prayers and pray them over your life. If you really want things to turn for you, I mean, because you can just take a hold of the Word of God and with the Spirit of God, and I'm telling you, you can come out of the grave. I mean, you're never too dead for a resurrection. And I'm just telling you, we're talking resurrection power. It's not too late for you. You're still breathing. God's got a way to work in yes, you. Yes, he does. But I love this because, you know, in, in the first part of Ephesians, he talks about all of how the plan of God is just unfolding. And it's all, you, you see the words in Christ used over and over because that's how God worked his plan. God came to us in Christ and worked a plan that we had no way to work. You know, the gospel is not what you've done for God. It's what God's done for you. And then he gets in and this plan begins to unfold. And then he prays for you to see the power of this plan and how this plan is working. Because you do understand, don't you, my dear friends, that Jesus went to the right hand of the Father. But because of what he did, he established authority once again on this earth. Through the functioning of the body of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ. But as he's, as he's kind of, you know, he's winding up, getting ready to give you his steel punch. The authority and rule and reign of God through the power of what Jesus did in the church. And he says, because, this is verse 7 of Ephesians 1. This is while he's winding up, you know. He said, because of the position we have in him. We now possess redemption. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I don't go anywhere. You, you really want to know what it is that's kept us going for 26 years? We go nowhere. 
nowhere wondering if God's going to do something, hoping he'll do something, asking him, oh God, please do something. We go everywhere with a sense of the reality of what he's already done. And we go there with the purpose in our mind, in our ministry to celebrate and to triumph and to just glory in that which he has accomplished. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. And I'm telling you, it gets real hot. And I'm telling you, a fly won't land on a hot stove. Because of the position we have in him, we now possess redemption. That means his blood paid the price for us to be permanently released. I told you there's no such thing as a renter Christian. To be permanently released from the slave market we used to live in. The payment of his blood is what broke the yoke of slavery, and now, would you like to know what's happening right now? Yeah, I would like I'd to like know. to tell it like it is, tell and not like just tell it like it was. Yeah, and like now, it was we are unchained, unshackled, unleashed, liberated, utterly emancipated, free. Woo! Before he paid this price, we were battered, slapped around, assaulted, mistreated, and abused. All of you got your all hee-haw song out. But now, not only has his blood... I know some of y'all young ones don't even know what I'm talking about, but that's okay. Let him who's ignorant be ignorant still. Like me. But now, not only has his blood delivered us, but it has also secured the forgiveness of our sins. Those misdeeds false deficiencies and shortcomings that we couldn't correct or overcome because they were rooted in the darkness that was in our hearts. But now his blood has released us from everything we previously were and did. You know what makes people depressed? Listen, it's not about what's happened to them. It's not about what's been done to them. It's about what they think is going to be done. Because, you know, you want to know how people get worn out real quick? When they can see no place for anything to be any different. I have no hope for the future. What's that mean? I don't see it any different than my past. But I'm telling you, redemption is the, the releasal and the securing of your, your freedom from every wicked, evil bondage that the devil's ever thrown over your life. Now his blood has released us from everything we previously were and did. Now this ain't no low-level living plan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some people say, ah, oh, it's just free to live low-level. This ain't no low-level living plan. I'm telling you right now, you know what it does it's the way the answer to actually make you see a different way to live yes it's not no low level living plan this is highway of righteousness plan oh glory to god i'm telling you his blood has released us so that those those old actions can't even be brought up or held against us it's like those things never happened do you see how god's grace has so richly and generously been energized in our lives. Now listen, I don't know how you, th- I don't know what this does to you, but you know, it wasn't, it's been a while ago, I used to watch the, uh, what do you call that? The Antique Road Show. Have you all ever seen the Antique Road Show? Okay, now the Antique Road Show. We're real exciting. You know, this is a thrill a minute, just yeah, living yeah. our lives. And oh, so you guys must be so exciting. So yeah. I'm watching the Antique Road Show. And this lady comes on and she's got this vase and it's, you know, 
it's all right. It's nothing really anything. Actually, it would probably not go with my decor. <laughs> but she said, you know, she bought it at like a, a, a some kind of civic auction, you know, YMCA or something. And, you know, I think she said she paid $50 for it. And, you know, someone had told her that, you know, they thought it was something that, that she should have checked out. So she had brought it to, to this uh, to this place. And, and this guy was looking at it. And as he was looking at it, you know, she was kind of standing there, you know. And she said, like some of y'all sitting there. And she said, he said, you see those lines are going on a certain direction, you know. And then he said, do you see the way this is colored and, you know, shaped a certain way? And then he said, you know, you see this little signature down there on the bottom? He said, now all those things add up to make this. He said, you understand? You know, he said, what did you pay for this again? She said, you know, $50. He said, I would expect that this would bring somewhere between the vicinity if I remember correctly, it was somewhere around forty to sixty thousand dollars. Well, now listen. Now this lady, she just looked like a normal little, you know, like farm wife or you know somebody school teacher, you know, just happily. She's just standing there watching. He said forty to sixty thousand dollars. She looked at her husband, who was standing off camera. And she didn't know this, but the camera followed her. When he said that, she looked at her husband. She went like this, kind of trotting off camera a little bit. She went over to her husband. Don't y'all worry, this is my husband. She went over to her husband. She threw her arms around his neck. She threw her legs around his waist. And she shook him from side to side. Shake it up, baby. <laughs> she shook him from side to side. And she went, Woo! Then she jumped down off her husband and ran back to what she thought was now once again on camera. And I thought to myself, you know, when that lady found out the value of what she possessed, she acted a little different. Now, I want to tell you something. Now, what she had before she acted, she had the same thing before. She just didn't realize what she had. She had the very same vase before same vase. that she had after. But she got a revelation. She realized the value of what she possessed. Now, I'm telling you, Christian, God doesn't have to give you nothing. God doesn't have to do anything more for you. I'm telling you, he's done, He's given you his best. Get thrilled I'm telling you, the power of God that Get raised thrilled. Christ from the dead is working with you. I'm telling you right now, nothing else needs to happen. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ is alive in you. thing, pray with other people, laugh, dance, move around. I mean, let's have a holy, let's have an old-time Pentecostal meeting. I've been in old-time Pentecostal meetings where I didn't even know where the preacher was. I was on the floor with five other people just snuckered. Had, didn't have a clue what the preacher was doing. Oh, are we Pentecostal? Through sin, sickness, and death, 
It cannot be extinguished because God's not through with you yet. So quit sitting back and thinking it's too much for me. And lift up your eyes and look and see God's given you liberty. We're the very place where the devil tried to stop you because we're on the verge. Is a place of a new beginning. Oh, move. But it takes people who will not be denied. They will not sit back and wonder if we want the gifts of the Spirit. Oh, we want it all. We want the power of everything so we can do something for somebody else. Oh, we're not afraid to move. Jump in the river. destroys the yoke sickness defeat poverty <laughs> oh, oh, if you can see what God has in store for you <laughs> Use your voice, use your voice. Lift your hands and use your voice. Timothy, he said, what did he say? Stir up the gift that's in you. Yeah. I went before with prophesying and laying on of my hands. When I went to Manila, Philippines, I got off the plane. And all of a sudden, I started shaking. And it's not because it was just hot. <laughs> oh, the glory hit me. And so I went to the, where I was staying and I, I went to bed and I had a dream that night. And in that dream, I was asking someone to come and talk with me. And they said, I can't. You speak the language of Ipo. I-P-O. And I thought, I speak the language of Ipo? And I said, but I just want to visit. And they said, I can't. You're in the land of Ipo. I-P-O. And so I couldn't wait to get up the next day to ask the lady if that meant anything in Tagalog. That's the, you know, the... Uh, one of the uh, languages they speak in the Philippines. The, yeah, one of the languages. And so I knocked on the door. I mean, 5 o'clock. I mean, I kept looking at that door. 6 o'clock, just this Bessoni light coming through. And boy, she finally, a light. I saw a light come on. I knocked on the door. I said, does Ipo mean anything in your language? I-P-O. She said, yes, Ipo, Ipo. She said, we have them here all the time. They're little whirlwinds. They whirl in. They stir up a bunch of stuff. And they whirl out. And I said, I'm an Epo Epo. You know, you lay hands on people to release an anointing or release the blessing. Or you lay hands to stir up the gift of God that's on the inside of them. And then you keep it stirred up. So what do you do, Cindy? Somebody said today, you're like a magnet. I said, well, I just do what everybody else does. I read the word. I pray in the Holy Ghost. I listen to tapes. Uh, and, uh, you know, sometimes I watch a Disney movie, but that doesn't stir me up. Okay. Anyway, because, uh, you know, I am normal. But I, 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 but I keep myself stirred up. You know what I mean? 
I keep myself, if I even, even, you know, in the day, you know, I'll turn on a Bible tape or something. And I'm listening. I just kind of keep myself. Oh, just keep myself in tune and stirred up. I'll put on a Brother Hagin tape or something. I'll, I'll put on a music tape. Very seldom do I listen to music. But every once in a while, I'll listen. Because you know why? Because we're always doing it, I guess. Anyway, but every once in a while, I'll put on something like, you know, a tape. And, and then I just kind of, you know, move around a little bit. Make myself move. I'll get in my bedroom. And maybe in the middle of the night, oh, the, the Lord will say, you know, you want to dance? And I'll go, not really. And he said, you better dance. And I'll hear these words of the devil. And says, oh, you can't make it another day. So you know what I do? Oh, whenever I hear that word, I get out of my bed and I go. Yes, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. The devil says, don't get on another airplane. You know, you're not as young as you used to be. I get out of my bed and I go. keep myself stirred up then you know we were smart enough to get in meetings where we'd sing with people and we would sing and, and we sang with De- Dr. Lester Summerall and Marilyn Hickey and, D- and Roy Higgs and Dick Mills and, and, and Brother Hagen and I mean I'm just naming all these people not to be a name dropper but I'm just naming people that we used to we would sing for or something and I'd sit there and I'd go I want everything they got And then a lot of people you don't know, this just is anointed. A little lady who's a, a little uh, woman who's in Papua New Guinea, and they named a, 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 a hospital after her. Her husband is uh, Australian, and she's something else. And she went in there in the jungles with nobody at all, that they were killing people in one of the last civilized, uh, uh, uncivilized jungles in the world. And this little woman, this skinny woman, stands up and proclaims the gospel. Oh, and then they call her in. And, oh, they built a, a hospital named after her, for she is known in the country. That little woman. Ooh, nobody knows her. Nobody knows her name. But when I said unto her, I knew I was sitting with greatness. Oh, and John G. Lake's daughter, Gertrude Wright. Oh, and I'd sit under the anointing and I'd go, I'm getting all I can get. And then I'll keep it stirred up because I'm going here. Yeah. Hey! Yeah. You, you said, can you have an increase? Yes, you can have an increase. And that's what I'm going to do tonight. I'm going to pray right, right now. Hallelujah. Anybody says, I want that increase. I want to release. You know, you can bind people and you can set them free. I've heard to set them free. You know, you can speak a release when I lay hands on them over the giftings and anointings that are inside of you. Listen, this church has got somewhere to go. Woo! I'm telling you, when you agree with me, I want you to say, oh, glory, hallelujah. Glory. Yeah. See what happens when you do that? This church is moving. This church is on a on a on a on, on a glory road. Oh, it's on the glory road. It's on course. Oh, you say, yeah, but you know, but what if some of the other churches? What's it to you what they do? You follow Christ. This is what I'd like for you to do, ushers. I want one line across the front. Ushers, are you listening? I want one line. Don't have them too close and don't have anybody in back. Line them up along the side if there's too many people there. This won't take long. I'm going to go very quick. So ushers, ushers, you're going to have to go quickly. I want one. Like when we start over here, if I have ten ushers, then I want you behind the first ten people. Because it's like an ipo ipo. I'm just going to run right past them. Like a whirlwind. 
Now, in a whirlwind, you have to get anything you can because everything's stirring Listen, when, a, when you're in a whirlwind, you don't have time to think. You just got to take a hold. You understand? So if anybody wants me to lay hands on you and pray for you, I'm telling you. Now, let me tell you something. I believe with all my heart, this is like a passing down blessing. You know, from generation to generation, in the Old Testament, they'd lay their hands. Wisdom would come. The glory will come. And when I sit with someone who's got that, I take that, and I know that I'm going to lay hands on you. Hallelujah. Oh yeah, so come down if you want that If you want me to pray for you, line up straight across Don't get too close to somebody Because when I lay hands on people, I never know Sometimes I dance, sometimes they'll fall Sometimes they'll, you know, they'll fall really, really quick, ushers Hallelujah And if there's not enough room I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I want some room at the end I, I want to leave some room there I, I want to leave some running room so. You got it Okay, yeah. And when, I, when I'm praying for you, I would prefer that you close your eyes. <laughs> so you don't see what's coming. Anyway, now let, me, now let me explain something else to you. A lot of times when I pray for people like this, one man had throat cancer. I didn't even know it, and he was healed. All kinds of things happened. One lady had a blind eye. It opened up. Some people had deaf ears. Some people had, you know, what? all kinds of stuff have happened. Emphysema asthma, all kinds of things. It's not particularly a healing line, but all I know is that when I'm running like this, something happens. The anointing comes and glory to God, people get stuff. Hallelujah! You like that, don't you? I know, it's cool, isn't it? You're going to grow up to be just like Lois and me, don't you? I know it. Hallelujah! Well, I'm glad that you have a different, you know, you guys need a different example than, you know, uh, Jennifer Lopez. And, I, you know, although I like her, you know, but I'm just saying you need a different example. Hallelujah! Okay, now, are you guys, you both want prayer? Because it's not going to work if you're standing behind each other. Yeah. All right, stand to the, yeah, stand side by side. All right, get ready, close your eyes. Oh, wait, where, uh, hallelujah. What, will my microphone go in? Yeah, will it go down in there? Oh, evil, evil. So what are you waiting for, Cindy? I'm waiting for the tension anointing to hit me. Hallelujah. I mean, I can minister under any anointing. Tumors will dissolve. Lumps and tumors must go. Somebody has a lump on the back of your knee. Hallelujah. Hey, hey, it's gonna go. Oh, glory to God. Do you know what time it is? Do you understand your time? You must understand your time. If you don't understand your time, you know the Bible says for every per time there. I have to read it. I always forget how. For every time there is a purpose. For every purpose there is a time. <laughs> oh, this is good, isn't it? Maybe I don't have nothing to share. No, here it is. I want to read this to you. For every, here it is. It's in uh, Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes, I know I like to scare people with all these pieces of paper. That's why I do it. For Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1 says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose. A time for every purpose. Do you know what time it is? You know, you need to understand your time. Because I don't know if you realize it or not, but you presently have a lifetime. And for everything there is, he says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Actually, Habakkuk 2 says it this way. 
The vision is for an appointed time. I like that. So in other words, if you miss the time, you miss the vision. The vision is for an appointed time. So in other words, appointments and time go together. We don't, you know, we can understand that as far as the dentist is concerned. But actually, God wants you to understand that as far as he is concerned. There is a time for every purpose under heaven. This is the time. How many of you know this is not the age of Aquarius? This is not an age that is marked by zodiac signs. This is an age that is marked by the signs of the plan and purpose of God. The Bible calls this the age of the dispensation of the grace of God in Ephesians chapter 3. And you could just call it the church age. This is the time of the church. This is the time, the most, as far as all the times, you know, I, you know, you may think that when you get to heaven that you're going to walk up and, 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 you know, you're going to go up to Abraham and you're going to say, Abraham, what was it like to live when you were 99 years old and you took Isaac and Isaac was born and you took him up that mountain. And when you got up at that mountain and you pulled that sword back, the provision of God met you at the very place where you had nothing left to give the provision. What was it like to see the presence of God like that? What was it like Moses? What was it like to walk through the red, the red sea and see it split? What was it like Moses, Joseph, what what was it like to be in that pit and see a place of no provision and move from the pit to the palace in one day? What was it like? Could you tell me, Joseph? You think that's what's going to happen? I got news for you. That's not the way it's going to go. I'm telling you right now, they're going to be walking up to you saying, let me ask you, Christian, what was it like to live on the earth when the very presence and power of God that I saw in the form of fire, that I saw by a cloud, that I saw that came from the rod in my hand, what was it like to have that very presence and power in you? What was it like to know and to have intimate fellowship with the very presence, the holy of holies? What was it like to be the temple of the living God and the power of God to live in you? What was it like to have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead working in you? What was it like to walk on serpents and scorpions and over the, all the power of the enemy? What was it like to rule and reign on this earth as the body of Christ? I got news for you. Abraham's waiting to ask you a few things. You think you got some questions for Abraham, Bubba? He's got some questions for you. Because I'm telling you, he would have loved to have seen your day. Oh, the Bible said he would have loved to have seen your day. But instead, he just set it up for you. He just set it up for you. Many different ways. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 says that at various different times in different ways, God has in the past spoken. But now in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. So in many different ways, you know, there's many different times and seasons in the word of God. It begins in the Old Testament with the age of innocence where Adam and Eve walked in the garden. Then we go into the age of consciousness where after that sin had come into the world. And this was the time when the Tower of Babel was built. And, uh, 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 I'm sorry, this is the time when Noah with the flood came in. And when the flood came in, uh, uh, you know, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. 
Glory to God. Aren't you glad? But then after this time, it it did come in with human government. The third dispensation or time of God revealing himself in different ways. And as he, as he, you know, revealed himself, this ended with the Tower of Babel. This is what happens when people get together without having the, the purpose of God in their life. It produced the Tower of Babel. You know, I kind of think we kind of live in a little bit of that today. People know a lot about absolutely nothing. I mean, we got satellite at our house, you know, and certain channels. I mean, I don't know how many channels you got. I can't, I don't even know. I'm just telling you, there's probably three of them I watch. And there's probably 300 stations on there. And I just, you know, because cause Shelly, she's living with us. And she just, you know, she's always going, oh, go, go for the satellite. Go for more. You know, all the kids. You know, you can have the History Channel and Discovery. And you can get BBC. And, you know, you can just go around the world and just sit on your bed. And I look at some of that stuff. And I'm telling you, I think we have so much information. I feel like I'm watching the Tower of Babel. We know absolutely everything about nothing. And our lives get so absorbed with learning so much when actually all we need to do is focus on the thing that really matters. You know, clear out the clutter, you know what I mean? But then he gets into after the Tower of Babel, actually, then he gets into the age of of promise, the time of promise. And that was with Abraham. And he brought the covenant came. And actually the blessings of Abraham have endured. It was a time uh, uh, when the promise of God came. And that covenant is from everlasting to everlasting. And then it went into the time of the law, which came through Moses. And all of these different times, all of these different seasons, God revealed himself in different ways. But if you'll notice and you'll read in Hebrews chapter 11, although many different times in different ways God revealed himself, the same way, uh, no matter what season it was, no matter what time it was, there was only one way that man was able to do the will of God. And if you'll read in Hebrews chapter 11, you'll find out what that way is. Because Hebrews chapter 11 talks about how that by faith Moses forsake Egypt. He didn't count it. He didn't look back. He didn't count it something to be held on to. But he instead held on to the promise of God and forsook Egypt. Counting it, uh, he, he, just, he just said, I just counted a joy to be able to suffer for his sake. Moses did that how? By faith. So that was one time that somebody uh, was, was doing the plan of God. Noah, what does it say about Noah? By faith. He was warned of God. And when nobody else thought it mattered, he started putting one, one board at a time together. And one board at a time, he built a boat that could float. And when he needed it, he had it. One, one board. How do you build a big boat? One board at a time. How did he do that? By faith. How did he do that? By faith. I'm telling you, every person who lived in whatever time period they lived in, if they were going to do the will of God, they did it one way. By faith. And in each way that they respond, that they moved in faith, it brought a response of the plan of God for their time. Well, now, my dear friends... We're not living in the time of, of you know, the, the Tower of Babel, although I sometimes wonder. We're not living in the age of, of consciousness. We're not. We are actually living in a culmination of the time and plan of God. All of the other times have actually bro- were, were a setup for this time. And it's called the church. Look with me real quickly here. I want to read you two scriptures in Matthew, um, Matthew chapter 16, I believe it is. 
Matthew chapter 16. We're just going to read two scriptures and then we're going to, we might blow up before it's over. Who knows? Matthew chapter 16, he says this. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he said, he asked his disciples saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some say uh, one, uh, one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say to you, now get this now, he's just revealed, uh, Jesus is want, looking for somebody to understand the time of God. Because when Jesus came to this earth, I don't know if you realize it or not, but I'm telling you, he brought together on Golgotha with the cross of Jesus Christ, he literally split time and with his very death, burial and resurrection, he started a new time that was an age of the grace of God and he brought to this earth the very power and authority that had been lost in sin was now restored by the grace of God. That's what the Bible means when it says where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. I'm into excessiveness, you understand. I'm into it. You know, what do you mean by that? I mean, I just like to go a little bit further. You know, that's what they say being excessive is all about anyway. It just means somebody who does it a little bit more than you. <laughs> they are excessive when they, with the way they come to church. That's just too excessive. Oh, now I know they do it a little more than you. That's all. But you understand, God's excessive with his grace and his mercy towards you. He doesn't just give you enough. The Bible says, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. In other words, it's not just enough. It's so much more than you need. All you get to give it away. And so uh, uh, Jesus is talking to them. He's trying to get somebody to hook up and see. He's really giving them a peek into the times and seasons of God. And he asked them, who do you say that I am? Because you see, who Jesus is defines the time of God. And Jesus comes and he, Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Oh, oh, really? You are the one that God has sent to this earth. And Jesus looks at Peter and he said, listen, you didn't get this because you're so smart. You didn't get this out of your natural ability. You got this as a revelation from the spirit of God. And he said, and I also say to you, he didn't stop with that. He didn't stop with just defining who he was and what God was doing in him. He said, don't stop there. Oh, he goes on and he says, and I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That means be victorious for those of you who don't know. He said, if the devil's got a plan against the church, I'm just going to tell you before it ever starts unfolding, it ain't going to work. And the gates of hell will not be victorious against it. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I was looking for my, there it is, my message Bible. Listen to this in the message Bible. It's got quite a message. It's really good. He says it like this in the Message Bible. It's got quite a message. Matthew, he said, in Matthew 16, he says, 
Well, I got to say something. You know, we're in church a lot. We got to do something to entertain ourselves. He says, uh, it's Jesus said to him, he said, my father in heaven, God himself, let you in on this secret of who I really am. And now I'm going to tell you who you are. Don't you like that? You find out who Jesus is, it leads to who you are. Because who you, who you are is, you, you are a result of who he is. But now listen, listen now, because it doesn't just stop with you. I'm glad you got your, you know, you got your, your ducks in a row or whatever, but I'm telling you, it's, it's bigger than just who you, you are. You're for and no more. He said, now I'm going to tell you who you really are. Peter, you are a rock. This is the rock on which I'll put together my church. A church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. And that's not all. You'll have complete and free access to God's kingdom. Keys to open any and every door. No more barriers between heaven and earth. Earth and heaven. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven. A no on earth is a no in heaven. Woo! Glory to God. What's Jesus doing? He's showing Peter. He's helping him to understand the times and season of God through the work of Jesus Christ. That what he was going to do was going to penetrate Peter's life. And Peter's life would be a part of a bigger plan. And it's called the church of Jesus Christ. You know, this is the first time this word shows up in the New Testament. The first time. It's the Greek word ecclesia. And it's the first time that it's used. And it's used by Jesus right here when he's talking about exactly what will happen because of what, uh, of him coming to this earth. And the word for church, it's really a word that, that, that to me, you know, uh, people just over spiritualize it. They just think of it in just, you know, this universal term. In other words, when they say that, what they literally are trying to say is, it really doesn't affect what I do, where I'm at, and the choices I make. It's just kind of out there somewhere. But I'm right here, you understand. And it's very interesting about this term because it's used 114 times in the New Testament, either in the singular or plural sense. And if you look up those words... Church, churches, 114 times you'll find it used in the New Testament. And if you will notice when you look up those words, 90 out of 114 times, 90, not 19, 90, 90 out of 114 times, it is used in direct reference to a local public assembly. I'm just telling you the truth now. I'm just telling you, when the Holy Ghost emphasizes it in a certain light, we need to see it in that light. I am telling you the most important thing for you to understand about the church and the plan of God for your life. It's a progressive revelation. The church is. It starts with knowing who Christ is. But then it goes to knowing who you are. But then it goes to knowing what you're made for. You see yourself as a part of something that causes you. You know what happens is when you join together, your corporate strength makes up for your individual weaknesses. And I don't know if you realize it or not, but you, we all got one. But together, we stand stronger than we are separate. And we are not made to be alone. We are made to be a part of the body of Christ. 90 out of 114 times, they are direct references to the local public assembly. What I mean by that phrase is a place 
a position, a place on this earth, in a community, in a city where Christians have joined together for the purpose and plan of God to be released in their generation. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm telling you all authority in heaven and earth was given to Jesus. And when Jesus arose from the dead, he gave it to the church. Do you understand? He gave it to the church. He gave it to you. You say, what is God's plan for this day? I'm telling you the plan of God can only be accomplished through the functioning one way. Only one way. This is God's way of working right now. This is not the age of innocence. This is not the age of human government. This is not the age of the law. This is the church age. If you want to see the plan of God accomplished in your generation, it is only going to happen through the functioning of the local church. Every, every truth of the universal church is really only understood through the functioning of the local church. Did you, do you get what I'm saying? Is that a little too theological for you? Every spiritual truth that you know of the church of Jesus Christ is really only understood through the functioning of the local church. Otherwise, it's just, it's just words on a paper. It's just a book, you understand. It's just theology. But when it comes to the local assembly, the Spirit of God comes into the place where the people of God come together with the Word of God. And a plan from heaven is unfolded. And it's a plan of authority. It's a plan of dominion over darkness. It's a plan of restoration. It's a plan of healing. And it comes through the church. Oh, it'll, I'm telling you, it'll ring your bell every time. I mean, I've spent, you know, all my, what got me out of the nightclub was finding out who I am in Christ Jesus. I began to understand my identity, but I want to tell you something. You'll never really know your identity. It's like Jesus told Peter. Now I'm going to tell you who you are. You are Peter. And on this rock, he said, and Peter, listen, I want to tell you something about who you are. You will never understand who you are until you hook up with what you're made for. That's what he was telling him when he said, you're a rock. He was saying, you're not made to be, uh, to, to, to just, to just live and, and you know, okay, I got something from God. Now I'm going home to glory. No, you've got a purpose to this coming to you. You got a purpose to being alive in Christ Jesus. And it comes together with other believers in your community who join together for the purpose of God. And I'm telling you right now, what is joined together with God's purpose cannot be divided by problems. I know you're going to have them. Everybody has problems. You understand? I always tell people this. As long as your problems don't have you, you're okay. But when you join together with the purpose of God. Let me tell you something. Shekinah Glory has been together, you know, for 26 years now. And yes, we are all three the same original Shekinah, you know, as far as the group, Shekinah Glory. But I'm telling you, we've come to places where trouble, trouble, oh, we got trouble right here in River City. We have trouble, big trouble. But I'm telling you, the reason we're together is because we are a part of a local church. And when we were weak, the strength of the body kept us together. I'm telling you, everybody who's got something to do for God. I'm telling you, you ain't going to do it without the church. Now, I'm just telling you, you might think that, you know, people, people sometimes think that, you know, God is, 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 you know, going to forsake the church and just do something in the world. But I'm telling you right now, he's not like an unfaithful mate. He will never forsake the church. 
Ephesians 5 said he loved the church and gave himself for it. He ain't never going to forsake the church. I don't care who you know who's given up on the church. God's not given up on the church and he ain't ever given up on the church. I'm telling you, he's already said, let me tell you, there ain't nothing the devil can do to stop what God's done in the church. So, you know, there's a lot of things I could tell you, but I'm just going to tell you one right now. Look over at Ephesians chapter 1 real quickly. I'm going to give you one scripture for you to see the place of the church in this age, in this time. In Ephesians chapter 1, I think that the book of Ephesians is the most powerful book in the Bible to read, to understand the church. It is the book that defines most clearly the place and functioning of the church. It is the book that helps you to see your place in the church. And, 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 and I just encourage you to read it. Uh, you know, that, that's why we got that, that tapes out there. But uh, it just keeps growing. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Just one scripture here, but I got to read a few to get set up. <laughs> I'm just on the way now. I'm going to Burger King. Just don't stop at the Pizza Hut. Come on. Oh, she wants to go to whatever. Ephesians chapter 1 here now. He's saying in Ephesians 1 verse 15, After I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Now he's praying for the church. He's praying in Ephesians 1 through, uh, chapter 1, 1 through 10, I believe it is. It's really only one sentence in the Greek. And he's, and he's, he's outlined the plan of God. How that God's plan was in Christ to bless us. His plan in Christ to cho- choose us, to predestine us, to, to, the, to, that we would be accepted in the beloved and to have redemption in him and his plan that we have an an inheritance and we have a purpose for him to work in us according to the counsel of his will and then we praise now the plan of God in Christ we're living in the time when the plan of God in Christ is has been accomplished and he says now I'm praying for you church I pray that you would have, he said uh, in verse uh, uh, 17, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who thought of this plan, and Jesus Christ, the one who accomplished this plan, he said, I pray the Father of glory may give unto you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. He's praying for you to have LASIK surgery. That's what he's praying for. He's praying for your eyes to get adjusted, to see. He's not praying for God to do something. He's praying for you to see what God's already done. He's praying for you to have vision to see because I'm telling you right now, things are not the way they, that you think they are. They're the way that you see they are. You know what I'm saying? You just respond according to how you see it. It's not really the way it is. It's the way you see it is. You know, there, there's a pretty popular statement people will say, perception is more important than reality. Well, this is not just, you know, perception. This is perceiving reality. Do you understand? And so he's praying for you to see it. And then he prays for you in verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you would know the hope of his calling. He's praying for you to get a hold in your life of the calling of God, to let the calling of God, in other words, uh, the, the plan of God to work through you, the hope of his calling, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. In other words, God's plan and his provision work together. The riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Where did God put his stuff? In the saints. Where did he put it? Let me tell you right now. The last will and testament. Here it is. Jesus Christ arose from the dead to make sure you got your portion. 
The last inher- the, uh, the inheritance, the, the, the uh, riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And now I'm getting to my point. I'm really getting to it. What is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places Far above all principality, power, might, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Now stop there just a minute. He's praying for you to understand the exceeding. I told you I'm into excessiveness. I'm into excessive great power from God. The exceeding greatness of his his power, which is at work in us who believe, uh, according toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. So what he's saying here now is all the power of God. Do you know the most powerful thing that God ever did in any time heretofore or after he did it in Christ Jesus? Did you know the most powerful thing that God has ever done? He did it in Christ Jesus. All the power of God, all the might of God, all the dominion of God, all those different words mean different things, but they just, they just kind of, they just come up all together to mean this is the biggest, most powerful event that has ever taken place. And it was done by God in Christ Jesus. But watch this now. Watch it, watch it, watch it. Because he says, uh, according, uh, seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Now look. You might think I'm extreme, but I'm extremely right. Far above all principality. Look at this now. All principality, all power, might, dominion, every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. He's just telling you he's taking care of the future. He's taking care of the past and the present is all right. Listen. Everything, does this sound like everything is, I mean, all authority, all rule, all power, all dominion has once again been put into the hands of God by the work of Jesus Christ? Well, actually, you got to keep reading before you really understand the purpose of that. Because if you stop there, you'll never have the plan of God. Because God didn't stop there. He, once again, it says, he says, and he, also in that which is to come, and he hath, Put all things under his feet, under his feet. He's talking about Jesus and gave him talking about Jesus to be the head over all things to the church, to the who? To the church. Now, all this power. I mean, the most powerful thing God ever did was accomplished in what Jesus Christ died and rose again for. But now he says, and all this authority, all this ruling, all this power, all this extreme authority. He said he is head over all things to the church. To the church, which is, in case you don't understand what he's talking about, his body. The fullness of him fills all in all. Now listen, he's trying to get you to see that if you leave out the church, you will never have the plan of God. But I'm telling you right now, everything God did in Jesus Christ was for a purpose and a specific plan and a specific time. It was for this time. It's called the church age. And I'm telling you right now, all authority, all rule, all power over all in the enemies of the
the church has been given to you. I got to read you this definition out of the, this translation out of the message Bible of Ephesians chapter one, verse 23. It says this, boy, this is good. The church you see is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts by which he fills everything with his presence. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. Do you understand what that means? Do you know what I mean by peripheral? You know, perimeter, you know, the edge, you know what I'm talking about? Most of the time, some of us, you know, if you listen to the world, it's like the church, you know, it doesn't really have, it's not really, doesn't really make much difference what you do. Doesn't really make much difference because you don't really have that much effect on anything anyway. I mean, you know, it's Hollywood and it's the government and it's, you know, all this different stuff. That's really the controlling factor in any society. Let me tell you something. The church is not peripheral to the world. The church is not on the edge of society with nothing not really having any influence over what's happening in the world. I want to tell you something. The most important building in this city is not the government building and it's not the police building. It is the church building. The devil knows it. Every work of every devil, every place in hell knows it. But do you know it? I'm telling you right now, when God looks at our generation, he's not looking at the world. He's looking at the church. Sodom and Gomorrah were not destroyed because of their sin. They were destroyed because of a lack of righteousness. Do you understand what I'm saying? If there were just ten righteous men, there could be a turning in that city. And if they could just bring, I'm telling you, I feel like I want to tell some people in churches. If we could just get ten of you to just come and stick it out through thick and, you know, thick and thin. Through, you know, hell or high water. And you just say, I'm here. I ain't going nowhere. But the devil's taking his place. He's not taking his place here. I'm taking my place here. Because I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now what God's going to do in your generation. You can mark my words. He is going to do it through the church. Listen to me. He is going to do it through the church. The devil knows it. He don't want you to know it. And I'm telling you the most important decision you will make in your Christian life concerning the will of God. The most important decision is the decision you make about your church. I know people all over the world, they're more talented, they love God, they're sincere, but every person I know who is always being struggling with some kind of just, I mean the devil's just always, you know, pushing on their soft spot, you know what I mean? Everyone, I'm not saying people in church don't have problems, but the people I know that are always overwhelmed by their trouble are the people who will not hook up with church. They always, this this is what they say. I have church at my house. My family and I, we have church together. Do you know it's really not possible to have church like that? Now you can fellowship and you can enjoy each other, you know, to where Jesus can be in your midst. But we're talking about a plan from heaven where the believers come together. The literal meaning of Ecclesia is a called out assembly. 
It literally means going public. It means finding the spot in your community where the Spirit of God has called you to set up and to let the light shine so that all the world can see. I'm glad you got your little light to shine, but God's looking for a floodlight to change a nation. And I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, this is our hour. Glory to God. I'm telling you, this is our day. This is not the devil's day. This is not the devil's day. This is not anybody else's political agenda day. This is the church day. Woo, glory to God. If you just hook up, you want to talk about gifts from heaven. The gifts are given to the church. They're given to the church. You want to talk about operating in, you know, swinging out over hell on a cornstalk and spitting in the devil's eye. You want to talk about, I mean, just looking at the nose hair of a giant and cutting his head off. Then we're talking about getting together as the church of Jesus Christ and standing strong. And I don't care who you got to get along with. If God called them and loves them, you can love them too. Glory to God. People leave too quick. You want to know why we don't have stronger churches? Because we don't have people who stay together, who won't quit. You understand God put something in you where you won't quit. You know why you won't quit? Because he don't quit. The number one thing when you see him coming on that white horse, you're going to see written faithful and true. If he's faithful, honey, he makes you faithful. Glory to God. And I'm here to tell you that the church is the most important, influential place on this earth in your generation. Your generation turns on what you decide to do in the church. The decisions that are made in the church are the decisions that rule your generation. So give it up. I mean, whatever it takes. I know it may not be popular, but I tell you, I'd rather be right than popular. And I'm telling you, I know people who are in church and I know people who are not in church. And I'd rather be with the ones who are in church than I would the ones who are not in church. Because I'm telling you right now, the people who are in church may not have problems, but I'm telling you, they got something that just won't let them quit. Woo! Glory to God! Woo! Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Every missionary journey in the book of Acts, every person who went with Paul on any journey in the book of Acts came from a local church or was positioned to start a local church. Nothing was done. Every assignment was done with the church as the central focus of its operation. You say, well, don't you want to go reach the world? Let me tell you something. The reason the church is here is because the world is there. Do you want to know why I focus on the church? Because I love the world. Once the church is gone, there is no hope for the world. You want to talk about a community that begins to degenerate? Let the church degenerate. You want to talk about, you know, did I say that right? Oh, I thought you said something behind me. Was you trying to clarify me? <laughs> Go ahead, honey. Preach it to me. The generation that is strong, the generation that will do the will of God is the generation that builds the church. I don't know about you, but I feel like saying hot dog. Hot dog. 
Woo! Hot dog. Hot dog. I'm in the place where the gates of hell cannot prevail against me. I'm in the building that cannot be knocked down. I'm in the place that God, in all of his power and all of his glory, planned for me to be. Oh, hot dog, devil. Watch out because we ain't getting less. We're not decreasing. We're increasing. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Uh, Sit back down. Sit back down. (laughs) Go ahead and sing that one song. (laughs) You know, the Bible says Christ in you is the hope. The hope of glory. The only hope of glory. We need to jump up to our feet when something like that is said. Whoa, and say, glory to God, that's me. So Uh, glory. We wrote this song about 20-something years ago. Now it's being played on Paris radio, different stations. It's like manna. This is our signature. It's fresh. It's our theme song. We hope you've enjoyed this message by Lois Toucher and Cindy Duvall of Shekinah Glory Ministries. For more information about Shekinah Glory, log on to our website at www.shekinahglory.com. There you'll find our entire catalog of teaching materials, music CDs, and books, all available for online purchase. The website also offers our daily devotional, updates from the road, and our ministry itinerary so you can pray for us as we travel throughout the United States and overseas. You can also join our mailing list in order to receive regular newsletter updates of ongoing ministry projects. Thank you and God bless you for your support of Shekinah Glory Ministries. We couldn't do it without you. Truly, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall fill all the earth. This is Ray Toucher, speaking for Shekinah Glory Ministries. Thank you and God bless you.